1: And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Tifo and Louie. The band is uh, cranked up a little bit here today. Uh, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on Believe. And it's always a pleasure. We really are just absolutely uh, overwhelmingly impressed with versatility in our guests, and nobody exhibits more of that than uh, this gentleman who's about to join us right now because uh, he is equally comfortable talking about the Tampa 2 and the Boston Crab. Which with great pleasure and delight. I mean, he might not be we as welcome...
2: comfortable. You just thrust it at him.
1: Yeah, we welcome <laughs> to the show the great Ian Eagle, uh, the number one guy on CBS. How... Um, yes, how are you, uh, Ian? How are you, my friend? Good
2: morning,
0: Ian. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm trying to think how long this relationship has lasted how How many years
2: have we done since this? Since would you since say we started? I don't know if you it's did. It's been stuff a while. Like yeah, me, I, but... I think you were
1: still an intern at the fan when we started this. Thing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering if Francesa was going to get mad at you that day because you uh, accidentally exposed a label
0: on that bottle of Diet Coke he was drinking <laughs> to the television cameras. Uh, oh, that, oh, that I that I took his egg roll. That actually did happen. <laughs> I didn't yeah, take his that's egg that's roll, cool. but an intern <laughs> did. Take his egg roll at some point and there was some loud rhetoric in the newsroom that was oh many God. many years ago but <laughs> you guys have been together how long just so i can get a sense Twelve i years. like the catalog uh, this is 12 years guess. for luby uh, and me
1: 12 years 12, Twelve
0: years. years okay all right so we're good i i signed a 15 year deal to appear on your program nice so we're fine <laughs> we we, we've got three left. more yeah. years and then we renegotiate that's that's fine, that's fine.
1: If it's an NFL contract, though, it could be already over, and we don't even know. It. So, so, <laughs> that that's possible. All right. Uh, well, I, I mean, you're, you're perfect for this uh, first, uh, you know, a thought process or line of thinking here on the show because uh, you know you're so well versed in so many different sports, and, and we've been having. I mean, I've been getting hammered for my opinion about this whole business about the uh, Serena Williams evolution, and of course, you were at Tennis Channel for many oh, years. Your son Noah okay. knocking it out of but the park, I- by the way. And uh, yeah, Defoe. I don't know if he's married, I, I did, but did you I see Gina heard, Bouchard on the set there? Wow, I
0: I did. I, all I heard to start your question was, I, "I I've been getting hammered." I didn't hear the rest of it. <laughs> well,
1: well, I've been getting hammered watching uh, Serena also because uh, oh, you know, she just oh, she looks God, like God. a shell of herself, but. I mean, a lot of fanfare, and I think appropriate, U.S. Open. You're a New York guy. I mean, and it was just vintage New York response to what we know is going to be the swan song of a legend, at least as a competitive player. I don't know that she's really that competitive of a player anymore, but – do you think like I did that uh, she she borrowed that outfit off the fabulous moolah that, that she wore coming into the, <laughs> the ring? That, that was very unusual, uh, you know, U.S. Open apparel. Uh, you know, and I know she's known yes. for her fashion, but uh, I I thought this was right out of Vince McMahon. I don't know. What did you think? <laughs> <Jeez.
0: laughs> you know, that that didn't strike me quite the way that it did you. But look, we all We it's all shocking. see different things. We all see different things when experiences happen. I, I understood that no matter what, there was going to be fanfare. It, it was a little odd after a victory that it felt like this was the ceremony for the swan song, but it, it was something the USTA was uh, very much focused on to make sure that she uh, had the, the, the proper celebration no matter what, win or lose. And you're right. Uh, the odds of her continuing and keeping this thing going are, are probably very slim. Uh, she's just not in a position to to go on one of these long, miraculous story uh, runs at, at this juncture of her career. And the U.S. Open has been a place where we've had those kinds of, of uh, memorable, late career runs and storylines that that stick with us forever. I doubt this is going to be one of those.
1: Doesn't look like it. I mean, uh, I, I thought Don King was promoting this thing. And I, I literally, I, I thought I saw her getting a standing eight count when she was just warming up behind the ESPN cameras <laughs> on the practice court there. She's just, unfortunately, she's not in condition to to handle what what the women are bringing, which, uh, you know, you, you follow the sport. I mean, the evolution of the women's game, Sparked in large part by Serena and her amazing howitzer-like power that she's exhibited uh, with both the serve and the ground strokes, but uh, there are a lot of young ladies. I mean, it probably goes thirty deep with players uh, who easily, you know, uh, you know, resemble much more of what Serena was years ago than than she does now herself.
0: Yeah, it raised the bar, and this happens in every sport where either a player or a system or a style comes around and it changes the way that athletes train and what the expectation level is. And she changed that sport. There's no doubt in my mind. Steffi yeah, I remember vividly when she started breaking through and everyone looked at her and thought, oh, it, it can't get any better. It, it just can't. You're not going to find someone better than her. Previously, Chris Everett and Martina and – You saw great players come through the ranks, but Steffi just seemed different. And then Serena comes around and and you realize, oh, no, this sport is evolving. This is changing. And uh, because of it, I I think you're always going to look back at that time and say women's tennis benefited greatly because it really did change the sport. And it changed the way that that women approach the sport. So it's a lasting legacy. Uh, It's forever an imprint. And it does have to end at some point. And for Serena, uh, the fact that it's ending in New York and uh, she's going to feel the love throughout the week, even once she falls in the tournament, is uh, probably something she'll, she'll never forget.
1: All right, that wasn't enough to entice me to take plus one seventy on Serena today. I have many large wagers out there on this French girl. Oh, God. <laughs> and oh I, I didn't, don't want to be I sucking like a croissant. You're Supposed
0: to talk him into it. Yeah, again. This, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that this was uh, this was a balloon you were tossing up in the air, and you're going to make a decision based on my answer.
2: Thanks a lot, Ian.
1: Thanks. You know, there's always an ulterior, uh, you know, purpose to any question that we ask here, here on the show. All right. Uh, I should know to that some 12 football. years
0: in, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, we're talking with the great Ian Eagle here on After Hours with uh, Defoe and Luby. And, and, you know, one of my favorite saying uh, in, sayings uh, is uh, luck is the residue uh, of design. But in the case of the Miami Dolphins, it appears that, that, that luck or, or design, you know, uh, had nothing to do with anything that they've come up with. And, and somehow they lucked out it, it, while uh, executing a series of just blatant blunders uh, going after Tom Brady and Sean Payton. They somehow end up in in a new configuration with this uh, very, I mean, you would have to say existential uh, head coach there in Mike McDaniel. We we don't know uh, what what to make of this guy yet. I don't know if you've had any contact with him, uh, Ian Eagle. But uh, it it does appear that maybe by accident, uh, the Dolphins have become a better team, and yet a lot of people, uh, especially the Vegas line makers, who I respect greatly, I wish they were running the country here. The, the gas would be like under 50 cents a gallon, and everybody wouldn't have to worry about forgiving student loans. They'd be just giving money away everywhere. Um, they only have the Dolphins winning eight and a half uh, games as the over under, which uh, I find surprising because it's worse than they did last year. Uh, uh, are we missing something there? Because uh, I'm primed to think they're going to do okay, and all of it came about in absolutely Fugazian haphazard fashion.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think this is one of those uh, prototypical, on paper, it looks a lot better, and the vibe feels a lot better. Now, is that artificial? Is it believing in this uh, very unique, quirky head coach that goes about it from a different angle, and buying into the thought process that He's going to find some creative, innovative ways to, to get this team rolling and to help Tua, and the weapons are better, and you have to hope the offensive line is better. So all those things that that you think about that you've got to check the boxes right away, oh, yeah, no, looks better, 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 better. I like it. There is the reality of having to actually go play the games yeah. and yeah. and see whether or not your, your team – Stacks up defensively. I still have some question marks. Uh, There are some playmakers here and there, but how does it all come together? And then the obvious question is how does Tua handle it? Uh, It's been, it's been a, a weird couple of years where you see some flashes here and there, but you never quite jump in fully to commit that he's the guy and it, it's just a matter of time. You can't say that you look at Herbert and I know the comparisons happen because it's the same draft class and you could have had him. You look at him and you say, oh, all right, that's, that's a star quarterback. Uh, there, there's, there's just no doubt. This guy is, is going to do big things in this league. And with Tua, there are still enough questions. Uh, I think McDaniel has handled it masterfully in. Uh, the way that he talks about Tua, the bedside manner, and everything you would want in an off-season training camp preseason has been done correctly. But now you got to actually go do it. So I understand where you're coming from, and uh, my initial sense would be that this team is better than what Las Vegas has laid out there. That uh, they've got pieces now in place, and maybe this coach, and this staff has got a little something up their sleeve to separate them from the other teams that are in the middle of the pack. Miami is trying to emerge out of the middle, build some culture, and do it in a way that may not be the norm, and uh, you're right. It was a series of blunders. We found out more and more as the offseason unfolded about what the, the grand plan was. None of it worked, and uh, it it seems a little ugly. But to come out of the rubble with a guy that that might might be highly successful doing this job, I think that's what you have to pin your hopes
2: on. Well, and we've sort of seen in recent years, looking in the past two, Bill Walsh came in and change things and it worked out. Uh, Eric Coriel came in and worked out. Don Shula was a young guy. Yes. who did it a little bit different and it worked out. We you know, you've you've seen that, but in recent it feels like it's happening even more. Uh Shanahan. Yeah, he runs his father's office, yes. but he also was a different dude. Like he, his tree is crazy cuz he went really young. Like McDaniel was young as heck on his coaching tree and yep. LaFleur and all these guys, he went let me go with the young route instead of retreads and it's worked for him. So the, the young savant, it seems like it's finally getting a little bit of acceptance or at least they're forcing their way in. And that's the thing. Look, we get in sports, you don't want to be cocky, but you do want to be confident. And it, it feels like even Flores, who was good at his, his job, was so quiet, you really didn't know what he felt. For once, at least from our perspective, that's what at least what Devo and I have been trying to put out there, is it feels like they're confident. <laughs> like, it feels like they have a feeling that, look, you yep. may not win every game, but we feel like we will win every game. And that's a step up. The the organizations that do well in sports overall are the ones that have that quiet confidence. And for the first time in a long time, the Dolphins feel like they have that.
0: Yeah, take Sean McVay. um, I heard all about him and went into whatever my first meeting was with him. Yeah. with With an expectation of, okay, everybody's speaking of him with these extraordinary platitudes. Let's see, what's real, what's not? And you walk out of that meeting, and you say to yourself, oh, no, 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 this this guy's the goods. This, this This was impressive from the beginning of the meeting to the end of the meeting. He knows what he's talking about. His recall is insane. He has a real confidence about what he wants to do. And this was the first year in L.A. So obviously we look back now and say, yep, they nailed it. Great hire. This guy is a savant, and he came from a tree that was promoting creativity and doing it a different way now i'm gonna probably fly a little too close to the sun for you guys similar comments in regards to adam gase prior to him getting the job he's gonna he's gonna look at it differently he's not the norm he he's worked with some of the biggest names in the business so he He's got the old school background, but he's coming out at it new school. And I really liked Adam on a personal level. I found him to be refreshing in the meetings, yeah. very honest, blunt sometimes, and helpful as, as a broadcaster. But here's the issue. What happens when you get punched in the mouth? Yep. What do you do? So when adversity hits, you have no idea how certain guys are going to handle it. And unfortunately for Adam, it just yeah. spirals. It got worse and worse. He got the other job. It got worse there. And now his reputation is what it is. And you have no idea if this guy is ever gonna come back. He made a lot of money, got two head coaching jobs, he's probably set for life, but professionally, what's next? So we're at that crossroad with uh the philosophy that you just laid out, Luby, of, oh, man, I just want to get a piece of that. Let's find a little chunk of that tree and see if we can have some success. Miami kind of stumbled upon this. (laughs) This was not the plan. If it works out, it would be pretty wild when you think back on it, the... The, the chain of events that led to this will make a great book or a great miniseries or a great documentary but the only way for it to really pay off, you gotta win and and that's it you get judged on that, I, I really dig the personality that I see, I've heard really great things about the coach, I'm yet to meet him and I'm excited to, to get in there and get a feel for it um, but this schedule and this sport can humble you very quickly. And now it's a question, how do you handle that? And how does the team handle that? Because they take your cues.
1: All right. Check off the under there on uh, my uh, wagering <laughs> sheet. <laughs> Louis, thank you. Ian. We're two for two uh, with you clarifying my position uh, on certain things. Uh, uh, all right. And a couple of things on Adam Gase, uh, too. Uh, a, how did he go four years here and we didn't know he was losing his hair? Uh, and then when he finally <laughs> took his hat off at that Jet Press conference, uh, you know, and it amazes me, your are your self-restraint that you were able to suppress your laughter when I know that as you were looking at Adam Gase, you know, you have to be respectful of the coach there. You're not going to start clowning around necessarily with a guy like that uh, in those production meetings. But how did you suppress your laughter uh, while uh, realizing that you were looking straight into the eyes of Marty Fellman, the actor?
0: <laughs> uh, Deepo, I just read Mel Brooks' biography, oh, just nice. finished yeah. it uh, about a week ago. It was on yeah. my summer reading list and – Marty Feldman was featured prominently. It, if you ever want to pick up the book, uh, it's it's, uh, it's a gas start to finish. Mel Brooks was a genius. So I'm with you. I I don't believe I've done an interview in the last 20 years where Marty Feldman came up. So thank you.
1: <laughs> Same eyeballs, though. I mean, they were bulging out of his sockets. So it was incredible. I thought that he just got hit in the head by Roberto Duran or something. There's,
0: I mean, there's, the way those eyes there's a show. I don't. I don't know if you keep up on current TV at all, but there's a show that has uh, gotten rave reviews. It's called The Bear, yeah, and it's done. about a guy, yeah, a guy who's a chef who has to go back to Chicago to run the family business. And, Depot, if you haven't seen it yet, the lead actor is excellent. He's yep. great in the role, yep. and he's got a little Marty Feldman around the <laughs> eye. So check that out. <laughs> Google it. Uh, not many people I could say that to that they would yeah. actually have it resonate. Yeah, friends, You're maybe yeah. one of seven walking the earth that <laughs> would appreciate it.
1: This isn't coming up with Dan Patrick when he gives your uh, NFC overview.
0: <laughs> no, no, not a not a lot of Marty Feld and Dom DeLuise talk now.
1: Hey, what do you think about the Rams here, Ryan? I, I mean, uh, one last thing. I and mean, We always appreciate your time here, but uh, th- this struck me as uh, you know a, a bit. Uh, th- there was uh, in tennis, this uh Ryan or whatever, however you pronounce her name, who won the Wimbledon. She was saying, uh, you know, yeah. she wasn't getting her fair share of recognition. And of course, the karma hit her right in the face there. And she gets knocked out of the U.S. Open in round one. And, and uh, this might be might be applicable to the New York Jets who are making noise, uh, saying that uh, they have a chance. There's conversation now uh, surfacing from the jet organization that they think they have a chance, a legitimate chance to make the postseason. Is that like Putin saying that he is actually in the Ukraine to help free people (laughs) and bring about a better state of affairs for their
0: lives? (laughs) Yes. You're you're over-unders of uh, uh, modern dictators. You nailed it. it. You got it in right, right at the wire. 100%. (laughs) I I know you're ready to tell us
1: you have another interview to do, uh, you know, greater importance,
0: but... uh... Would you care to comment on that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take the Jets side of it. Uh, All right, yeah, I, I think I think they uh, they felt good about training camp, and they think their talent is absolutely better than it was a year ago, better than it was two years ago. The problem for them is they play in a highly competitive division. Buffalo might be the best team in football we've already gone through Miami and New England they'll find a way they never they never just lay a complete egg i know that it's been a strange preseason and the offense doesn't seem to be in gear yet but bill belichick always figures it out and problem solves so amidst everything if you can't win in your division which by the way the jets have not won a game in the division for two straight seasons oh, geez. zero wins oh god zero wow. like you You stumble into a win occasionally in your division based on the law of averages. So that has to, that has to change. It has to start there. If it doesn't start there, if they can't win games of their division. then, you know, the playoffs isn't even something you can bring up. You've got to get to that level first where you can at least go 500 within your division and be competitive outside of it. But if you're asking me, is their talent better, and uh, is there reason for optimism? I, I think so, but a lot of it is going to fall on the QB. The same stuff that you were talking about in Miami is going to start popping up in New York. Can this kid win? Can he stay healthy? Can you believe in him? Uh, can he be the true leader, and can you build around him? They don't have that answer yet.
1: Awesome stuff, as always. You're I mean, man it man began I... With, uh, you know a fabulous Mulan reference and man ended with Putin. With Vladimir yep. Putin, uh, we would consider that a perfect That's game that we've just played <laughs> with Ian Eagle here on After Hours. Yep. Uh, Ian, all the best. Well, where are you going to be at the first weekend uh, of the NFL season, uh, you and the great Charles Davis? I'm
0: going to be in the Queen City of Cincinnati, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Oh, nice. nice. Cincinnati, to oh, open nice. Up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Uh, that, that should be a lot of fun. We'll look forward to that, hey, we'll too, and to uh, always look forward to speaking with you. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, Defo, Luby, thank you, Defo. I, I look forward to your uh, Amazon book coming out in 2023, Jeff Deforest, from Mula to Putin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, yeah, that might be the best one.
0: We love you, Ian, man. Uh, you can't pull this off for everybody, man. You're great, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Love you guys.
1: Uh, I ain't eagle. Ladies. You do
2: that's true. You. you do allow him to show his range. I mean, no one would know. Really, how well versed in the world he is! If they didn't hear him on with us, I mean. Oh, he's
1: fantastic! Yeah, I mean,
2: he really can talk about anything no, at I any mean, time, even as asinine as it may be thrown at him.
1: Yeah, tell you what, his son is uh, really going strong, and and I don't know that his son is married, but I will drop this in because you know it's common now with gambling uh, being uh, so uh, heavily infused into sports, uh, and, and and it was always lame, you know, where where you had guys giving picks on games and they were doing it without the point spread. CBS, the pregame show, used to do that, right? Where, like, Marino was uh, 49 and 46 when he was on there. (laughs) There was no point spread. It's like, man, that that is a pathetic record. I mean, if you're talking straight up. And who's talking straight up uh, anymore? So now they, uh, you know, commonly on on any panel go, well, what do you like about this or what do you like about that? Uh, You know, whatever sport they're talking about. So on Tennis Channel, they just started. I hadn't seen her on there before, but she was always one of the hottest tennis babes. I mean, uh, up there with uh, Anna Kornikova. Uh, And that was Jeannie Bouchard, the uh, Canadian tennis player who who flourished for a brief period of time and uh, then all of a sudden became, uh, for some reason, uh, a little bit controversial about a couple of things. I forget what it was that sparked all of it. She uh, then had an accident in the locker room at the U.S. Open and and fell and hurt her head, which uh, she eventually settled a lawsuit on. But, uh, you know, it was coming at a time where her career seemed to be spiraling quickly downward. And shortly after that, if not, I think she might have attempted a comeback somewhere recently, but, uh, you know, it's pretty much out of the game. But anyway, she, she became a commentator, and I'm watching Tennis Channel the other day as a prelude to uh, U.S. Open coverage. And I'm thinking, wow, that, that obviously is some former tennis player. What a hot bait. And, and then I realized it was Jeannie Bouchard, right? So she did predict yesterday on the program. They, they went around the panel and asked everybody what their upset was, upset of the first round on yesterday's – a tournament action, mm-hmm. and she correctly predicted that uh, Emma Raducanu, the defending champion, was going to get knocked out in, in the first round by this wow. uh, French girl named Elise uh, Cornet. Good for her. Who? And she she gave a uh, you know an explanation that made perfect sense. And sure enough, it happened. Straight sets last night. So wow. that was a pretty nice prediction. I mean, you know, she's on there with uh, some sharpies. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, tennis coverage, Paul Anacone. he knows what he's talking about. I don't know which way his prediction went. And uh, then also, um, who's the guy that we always have on there? He's on uh, 60 Minutes. Uh,
2: Armand Katayan. And,
1: uh, no, not Katayan. Oh, okay. Like, I don't think he does tennis. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name here because I just saw him uh, on the other day. But uh, does minutes. does a real nice job. And, and uh, also was uh, with Sports Illustrated and Tennis Channel. Oh, and uh, anyway, uh, you know, I don't know who they predicted, but Bouchard was right on it, man. It gave perfect. Uh, logic and rationale for uh, why this was going to happen, and it happened. So maybe she's somebody to watch as a commentator because certainly she's somebody to watch just as a physical specimen. All right, we have to run. Uh, And and thanks so much to to Ian Eagle for joining us. You guys have a great weekend, everybody on Believe. We had a lot of fun being with you, and uh, we'll catch you next time. You know, whatever you're betting in the football season, remember, uh, whatever your conviction is on a game, you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere. Not too loud, but good energy. Reasonable prices. And a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date. Or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant,
2: your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to LandlubbersBarAndGrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Thank you for listening
1: to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com
0: and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.